Hi, I'm Chanel, agency owner, marketing coach, speaker, and your official human sunshine. I've been in marketing since 2009 and have run a successful strategy and content marketing agency since 2018. Jaded by my corporate life, I quit my job to travel the world and start my own business. I've learned so much in my business journey and I want to share it with you. The Sunshine Podcast for Women in Business offers marketing advice for industry professionals and inspiring stories for women netting life and business. If you love the podcast, please subscribe and share with someone who would enjoy it too. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy your daily dose of sunshine. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode. We are going to be talking to the delightful Bridget Johns, not Jones. She'll tell you that she gets that all the time, which I'm sure would drive her nuts. Bridget is incredible. She is a declutter coach for women ready to reduce the physical and emotional clutter in their lives. And she is here today to share her journey into owning her own business and to also share some tips and advice on how we can declutter our lives. So welcome, Bridget. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Now, Bridget, let's start with you. Tell us about you. Tell us about your business. What do you do? Sure. Well, yes, as you said, I'm Bridget Johns and I run a business called Be Simply Free, where I help women reduce their mental load and find more time by decluttering their physical spaces, the unnecessary commitments in their calendar, uh, and yeah, all the mental load of the thinking that it takes uh, before we actually do things. And I never thought I would be a business owner. I spent 16 years working for state government uh, and in regional development roles across education department, trade and investment, workforce development, uh, but there were some changes in some roles and the new role didn't align with my values and what I truly wanted to do. I loved helping people change their family tree and make changes in their lives to go in a new trajectory and that wasn't, uh, that was no longer happening and I said if time and money were no object, what would I do? And that was to be a professional organiser and over uh, a year and a half, I took baby steps to bring this business to life two weeks before the dreaded pandemic started. <laughs> so, Bridget, like you said you wanted to be a professional organiser. Does that mean that you've just always been somebody that's highly organised or was it more just the benefits that you could see it could bring somebody else? Like what well, yeah, made if you I decide that little... was a lifelong dream? Yeah. And if I take a little step back, uh, I started my business uh, in 2020, but back in 2015, I'd come back from maternity leave, my second maternity leave with a 10 month old daughter and a two year old son. And I'd taken on extra responsibilities when I was working in the home because I technically in inverted commas had more time. And then I was going back to part-time work and being the perfectionist that uh, I was, I thought I needed to do a full-time workload in part-time hours for my boss. And then I also thought I needed to do everything around the home like I was when I had double amount of time. And that mental load and the physical load just built and built and built to I could no longer cope in it. Was that a meeting supporting young people and people to understand resilience strategies so uh, they didn't get to the stage where they were thinking about self-harm that led me to realise 
I'm nowhere near that extreme level, but if I don't put processes in place to strip back what I was physically doing and how I was carrying everything, I was going to get down that um, mental health journey to more of a negative area. And I jumped, ran the meeting, told everyone all the things we could do, but jumped into the car afterwards and burst into tears because it wasn't working for me. So I had an open and frank discussion with my boss and together we decluttered what I thought my key priorities in my work life were and we stripped them back to um, come up with the most important tasks in my work life. Went home, had some tears to the husband and we worked together to work as a family to divide up the household tasks um, because we both work. And yeah, then over time, I realized when I was sharing some tips anonymously on Instagram on a, a blog called Farmer's Wife Minimalist Life, because I do live on a farm here, people were really resonating with the content I was sharing. And then when those changes happened in my work life, I realized, oh, maybe there's a way to help people and work one-on-one -on -one with them, which is what I do now over three months to help build that habit change. And then that branched out into an online course as well. I love that story and I always think that the best businesses come from a place of creating something that solves a problem or serves a need that you have like you went through that yourself so you were your ideal customer you were juggling all the balls doing all the things and that gets really heavy that story is something that we can all resonate with that it's non-stop life is non-stop and We've got the choice to slow down, but we don't for some reason. And that's a whole other story in itself. Um, but I love that journey. I love that you started your own business firstly, because that's always one of my favorite things. Um, you mentioned you started it during COVID, which I want to ask you about in just a moment. But overall, your story is one that will resonate with so much and does resonate with me in terms of going, geez, we're just so full like our brains are full our diaries are full our days are full like everything's so full and the benefits of decluttering are huge and um I want to talk a bit about that as well so my next question for you was you launched a business during COVID now at that time there were a lot of people at home who presumably had a little bit more time on their hands or were in an opportunity to maybe declutter their pantries or their household so was launching during COVID beneficial or challenging well I didn't know it was going to be COVID when the business launched on the 3rd of March and it was really that late March that we realized it was hitting Australia my model and I was very strategic uh, being based here in country South Australia I'm on the York Peninsula about two hours from Adelaide I recognize and I found out we've got an institute of professional organizers. So the year before I attended their national conference to talk to other people in the professional organizing industry, I realized I didn't want to go into people's home and do the physical decluttering because there's too much of a drive for me. It's half an hour each way to get to my nearest client. So I was very strategic that my model was going to be on Zoom with people and I wanted to help them make a lifelong habit change, which required three months of connection between us, which isn't um, as viable 
for people to pay for my time if I'm going into their home. So a slight silver lining of COVID is this thing called Zoom, which we're chatting on now, was not a common way of people communicated pre-COVID. So a slight silver lining for me was people understood that we could still connect uh, and make some differences. And we came up with an action plan. They did the physical decluttering and sent me some before and after pictures, which I absolutely love and cheer them on and give them a bit of a, a virtual high five. But also when people were in their home more often, they're like, oh my goodness, there is just stuff everywhere. And when I have to sit in my home at my kitchen table in the corner of the spare room, which has 10 loads of washing piled up on the spare bed, they recognized the impact of physical clutter and how that affected how they could function in their work life, how having four or more people in a space 24 seven, what was moving around their home, that maybe partners and kids weren't carrying the fair share of the load of what was required. Yeah, it was really an eye-opener to everyone. So uh, it definitely was a blessing for the start of my business uh, for people to give them some practical tips that they could implement straight away for um, getting rid of some stuff, maybe popping it in the corner in those early stages when they couldn't drop it off at the op shop. But my big message is let's declutter but we're not decluttering to buy more stuff. Society wants us to buy, 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 but I'm really uh, getting people to think about what their version of a decluttered life looks like and less stuff actually helps you live more of a life. So focus on collecting moments, not things. I love that. I love that. And I remember uh, I watched Bridget Johns in person at the Freedom Fest where she shared um, lots of really good stories and I love that catchphrase. I think it's really great um decluttering so the benefits oh gosh I've got so many questions but so so benefits firstly we talk about the physical decluttering so we talk about obviously cleaning out your pantry cleaning out your environment and we all know how good that feels when you finally dealt with that pile of washing in the corner of the room it always just feels so good when you've got shit off the floor and everything's all organized but then there's also the the mental load the mental decluttering so talk to me a little bit more about about that so um yeah. how do you approach where do you even start to organize the brain the clutter yeah and my business as a professional organizer people come to me going I need to get rid of my stuff but I am very strategic. We will get to the stuff. We need to work on the thinking side of things first and freeing up your brain space to make choices of what stays and what goes. And we also need to make space in our calendar to physically have the time to do the decluttering. So while you want the physical declutter, um, we start with the mental declutter, freeing up space in your calendar, and then we get to the physical things. And the first step to free up the mental clutter is to blurt it out loud the devil and the angel sits on our shoulders and we have a fight in our head about what we do first and we feel so overwhelmed that there's so much stuff to do. But the first tip that I give everyone is let's get it out of your brain and onto a piece of paper. So the process I talk about is to stop, focus and notice. Stop doing the same thing over and over again. Get out preferably the pen and paper, but if you need to, the note section on your phone and really note, um, focus on what the issue is write it down, what is causing the issue, who else is involved with the scenario, uh, have their input into it as well. And then notice what your options are for solving it. It may be something that requires a lot of your time. It may be there might be a quick time option. There may be a high cost option for dealing with it and a low cost option. So brainstorm all the different ways you could come up with a solution and then choose one and trial it in your home. 
and see if that works. If it doesn't, we go back through the stop, focus, notice strategy. And that's the beauty of when I'm working with people, I get to be that sounding board with them. And I do a mixture of that coaching and consulting. I'll allow them to come up with the, the best option that they think would work for their family in this stage of their, this season of their family's life. Uh, but then I am also able to give them some ideas and tips as well. So it's a mix of coaching and consulting. I think that's really important because there's nothing worse than when you start working with someone, whether that be a coach or whoever it is, and they're trying to push you into their structure and push you through their process. And it just doesn't work for me because it works for them, but it doesn't work for me because my situation could be different. My lifestyle could be different. My goals and objectives could be different. So I love that you adapt and say, well, where are you at right now? What time can you give to this? Um, and kind of coach them through that process because they're not going to do it unless it's built around how they can fit it into their lives and fit it into their day. So I love that there's that flexibility in in what you do and you spoke about the calendar just before and you shared this tip at freedom fest which i was very i was very proud of myself because i actually do this and people who are listening may do this as well but if you don't i'm going to mention it anyway bridget was taking us through how to use your google calendar and color code the different things that you are doing during the week um and it's such a simple but such an effective way of managing your time and also getting a snapshot a color-coded snapshot of what your week looks like. So for example, I've got my gym and exercise in yellow. I've got my like self-learning time in green. I've got my internal meetings in orange. I've got my really important deadlines and client meetings in red. So I can look at my week and be like, wow, I've got a lot of red this week. This week's going to be crazy. Um, but also making sure that you schedule the downtime. Like that's a huge one that people forget to do all the time. Um, so I put that in purple. That's my like personal time because if I don't schedule that downtime, it just won't happen. Did you have any other tips around kind of planning and scheduling your day? It's about thinking about what you want your life to look like. I say I want to live a life where I collect moments, not things with the people that are important to me, my family and my friends. And if I look at my calendar and for me, my business time is uh, the two greens. My light green is my paid contact time with my clients and my dark green is the admin time. So if I see my calendar is full of green, it's showing me that I have overcommitted my, my work life. And I want to make sure I can see the one-on-one -on -one time with my kids and my husband, the family time we're having the time for myself, the me time, the socializing time. So for me, those are the red is the love. So that's the one on one time with my family members. The orange is our family time together because it's sort of a, a lighter version uh, of the red. The yellow is me uh, for my personal time. I, I'm an introvert. I need a lot of time on my own or time to look after me. And my dark purple is my socializing with my friends. I love connecting with them. And if I'm not seeing that in my diary, it's not living my version of a decluttered life. So it's a little simple strategy that people can get a visual of what actually happening. It's, it's that uh, example of stop, focus, notice. We live on that hamster wheel and we keep doing all the work commitments. Unfortunately, particularly for people in country areas, we take on excessive volunteer commitments that are to the detriment mm -hmm. of ourselves and our family. And if you don't see that in your calendar, you're not getting a clear picture and the data for what's happening. So you can make informed decision about the changes you're wanting to make going forward. Yeah, yeah. And if you're listening to this, definitely implement that 
that calendar color coding system because it is super helpful. Um, I want to circle back to something that you mentioned earlier on in the chat. You said something about restructuring the family tree, which I'm very interested to unpick a little bit more. Um, but also when I saw Bridget present, she said a line which was mums are not maids. Is that right? Yes. yes I don't know yes. if the fam reconstructing the family tree and mums are not maids are connected at all, but I'd love to I'd love for you to explain what you mean by restructuring the family tree but then also talk to us about what what your family looks like and how you've incorporated what you teach others to do in your family life the restructuring the family tree was particularly when I worked in workforce development and skills development and I loved how you can empower someone by giving them skills and they can go into a different industry and make changes uh, for what their, what's modelled to their kids going forward and you can really see that generational change in the lives of the people uh, that you support through education and I suppose that is quite linked to what I do with the professional organising and helping people declutter their lives our family, I live on a farm. My husband's a farmer, which stereotypically is an outdoor role. Um, you'd see on movies and things that the farmer walks in and the farmer's wife has food prepared for them and they're in a pretty apron. But that's not what our <laughs> life looks like. Thank God have, for that. <laughs> we have an 11-year-old son and a 9-year-old daughter. And I'm very aware that I, we want to model to our family that there's not the green and uh, sorry, there's not the the blue and pink jobs in our house. My husband cooks, my husband can do washing, my husband mops and vacuums. Um, the, my Both my kids know how to mow the lawn and I'm teaching both of my kids how to do all the tasks that it involves to run a family because we intentionally want to make sure everyone in our home is capable of doing the jobs because the role of a parent is to raise capable adults and it does involve teaching people to uh, to do those tasks, which is a bit annoying in the early days because it does take time to teach, but it does free up your time going forward. And that's a big part of what I do. People come and say they have no time. We all have 1,440 minutes in our day, but we don't have the same amount of time available to us because we have all too many commitments that are already blocking up our time. But I'm a big believer that everyone can find 1% of their day to make a change. So that's 14.4 minutes. So let's really stop focus notice, use that calendar to see how we're spending our time. How long are you spending cleaning? A lot of the time we're spending a whole weekend, uh, Saturday cleaning, six loads of washing, cleaning the house from top to bottom rather than collecting moments, not things. But if you can sit down and work as a family to break up those cleaning and tidying tasks across the week, say Monday to Friday morning, then Friday night to Sunday night is really valuable family connection time or going out and exploring your backyard or around Australia and beyond. And that's what I want to do. And then I try and teach clients to, to do that too. So the next generation doesn't have as many challenges as we do as women. Um, and we can have everyone involved in taking on the family and household tasks. Well, I love that because what you're doing is so much more than just, um, you know, working with your clients in the now. It's creating positive habits for their kids that they'll implement in the future for their kids and their kids and their kids. So what you're doing does have a huge generational impact. And um, I grew up in South Africa in the 90s where we got involved. There was definitely no mum and dad do this 
the kids do this. We were all responsible for contributing to the household. Um, so I love that that's something that you do and that you're building these capable building, what is that? Nurturing <laughs> these capable adults. Yeah. I love that. Like, I love that narrative. I think that that's awesome. And my question for you is, do your kids ever sort of go, oh, mom, my fr- none of yeah, my of friends, course. none of oh, my, my friends goodness. do this because I can, if you're yes. the only person implementing this in your home, which I think is great, do they ever go, oh, God's sake, I don't want to do the dishes, mom. Of course. And even husbands do. And sometimes I do myself. I don't want to clean up sometimes as well. And that's the power in having habits. The more often that we do it, the more natural it becomes. And that is also the wonderful beauty of decluttering. When there is less stuff to organize, it's quicker to do it. When everything has a home, it's a natural choice and a quick choice of putting things back in uh, its forever home rather than thinking, oh my goodness, where does that go? I can't put that away because this is in the way. So there's so much synergy in what I do that people want to get organized and have the pretty home edit version of things in rainbow style and all these white, can uh, all these clear containers. But I'm like, no, no, no. Before we organize, we must firstly think about what we want our version of a decluttered life to look like. And then we declutter the thing, the physical things, the unnecessary commitments from our calendar, open that communication with our family so we can, yes, yeah, simplify our whole lives so everyone can be simply free. <laughs> I love it. And if you're not if you're not already following Bridget, I suggest that you do because she often shares tips and things like that, but also just shares day-to-day photos of what this declutter decluttered life looks like for her um so she did share a video of her son washing the dishes the other day if I can recall correctly but I think there were two other photos you shared one of them was I think it was like money for either stuff that you'd sold as part of your decluttering process or it was like all the money that you've saved through something that you've done because like there's a number attached to all of the shit that we collect as well so it's a big part of your decluttering life for you to free up your time and your space, but also to have some like money that you can use to go on holidays and things like that. Yeah. A lot of people won't declutter things because they feel attached to that item or they have spent money on it, or there's a sentimental item to attach to it. So we do do a lot of that, uh, that work to be able to let go of items, but some of the data shows that most homes have about $7,000 worth of things that could be sold. And I am a huge advocate of looking for secondhand first. It doesn't mean we never buy a new thing again, but let's just have a quick look on marketplace. Let's look on Gumtree, eBay, um, pop a post up to your uh, on your social media asking is I'm looking to do this do you have one of these we invested in a caravan at the start of 2022 and I was um I put a post on Facebook and said we would love to fit out this caravan with as much secondhand items as possible to free up space in your home and to stop us buying new and we were able to get doona covers Um, sheet sets, um, toasty machines, kettles. We went to the op shop, got all the cutlery, pots and pans. We we don't need to go to the the big department stores or the Targets and Kmarts and get all the matching stuff. Let's use the resources that have been spent, a lot of our physical life and world resources already, uh, and let's use what's already out there. And yes, of course, we had to buy some hoses and some things for the caravan, but I'm a big uh, believer in Let's look secondhand first. Absolutely. And that's the other aspect that we haven't even touched on yet, which is the environmental impact of what you do. And I'm all for that. So I'm an absolute marketplace nut and I don't 
buy anything new unless I absolutely have to. Um, I I could sit. It's it's almost like my therapy. I don't know if that's really healthy. How exciting but I sit is it? And just when scroll you, through yeah. it. It's so it's so good and save and save. So we actually invested in a property in Henley. And our goal was to do the whole thing up, all the secondhand stuff. And I mean, people kept rid of amazing stuff. We got this like German cookware that was worth like thousands of dollars. And we got, I think the only thing that we got new was like towels. Um, but I mean, it's it brings it brings me so much joy to buy secondhand. It's better for the planet. It's more exciting. It's a bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's much better for, for, the, for the planet. So I think that that's amazing. And I can't fathom how anybody wouldn't want to do secondhand op shopping, marketplace shopping. By the way, on that note, I saw somebody post the most hilarious thing on marketplace, which I can't show you right now because this is a podcast, but I might drop it into my marketing coach Instagram so that you can look at it because that is my other favorite thing of looking at marketplaces, looking at some of the random things that people want to sell. So that's <laughs> always that's it. always a bit of fun. <laughs> Um, so Bridget, I had another question for you and that was around, um, you've kind of spoken a little bit about like the process. So how would I know if I'm in a, like, what are some of the warning signs that I might kind of benefit from, from what you do? That feeling of overwhelm, that there's, there's too much to do, but I don't know where to start physically looking around your spaces and feeling an overwhelm or that tightness of the chest that this clutter is causing me physical symptoms. But I think there's also some preventative work people can do and to really yeah, shift that mindset and uh, be empowered to say no. I talk a lot about space boundaries in the physical setting of having a drawer or a box, which is the amount of things we can keep in that type of category. And, and also the courage to say no to some of the time commitment uh, things in our calendar as well. And that's a lot of the work we we do um, as well. And I think yeah, everyone can learn something new. And the professional organizing industry is probably about 10 years behind the, the personal training industry. Remember back in the day, people didn't think, why would you hire someone to help you change your fitness and I see professional organizers as people that have done the hard work that have got the strategies and the solutions to amplify your decluttering our, our journey and yeah it is a journey like we talk about increasing our muscles in our body which PTs help us with and I amplify your decluttering muscle and help you make quicker decisions about what stays and goes in your home calendar and mind uh, so yeah I think there's something that everyone can take from it and decluttering is a, a lifelong journey there's still things that I declutter from my life everyone goes through different seasons of their life we're no longer in toddlerhood we are now in primary school life and my son's about to go into middle school so we'll continue to adjust and stop focused notice what our life looks like uh, but I've got stronger skills now by growing my decluttering muscles and we can all do that together Muscles are very strong, Bridget, because that was the other photo you put up on Instagram was it was her, pa uh, not her pantry, her linen cupboard, which now, as we all know, linen cupboards are like the hardest, like linen and Tupperware cupboards are like probably the hardest cupboards in the household to keep in tip top shape. And there's like nothing in this cupboard. There was like four or five like neatly, neatly like, like, but then you had this old, um, like, is was it, what's it called? Fisher, was it Fisher, Fisher Price? Price? Yeah. I, I had one of those as a kid, yeah. like it, oh, it wow. belonged Even to my mum. 
yeah yeah it belonged to my mum which it belonged to her mum or whatever it was um I can't describe it it's sort of like a uh it was an activity center so it was um probably about a three in size and kids could press and move different things around and that was mine from childhood back in the 80s and then my brother the friends my son and daughter have used it uh, and it still lives in my home so my method is to keep display and love what you have it's not about having nothing in your home it's really stripping back so you've got more space in your home to display and enjoy the things you have my husband's an Elvis lover we have hideous Elvis memorabilia in our lounge room bookcase that I think is (laughs) hideous but it's about everyone having space in their home to display what they love. I reinvigorated my love of cross stitch. That's something I love to do as a um, as a child and during COVID. And to get me away from touching my phone, um, I have some cross stitch patterns. But I hated the old school, um, boring design. So I found a great company that do quote designs. So one of them um, is Coco Chanel's um, quote that we, uh, girl should be two things, who and what she wants. So that's a quote that lives oh, in, I love that. Our, in a photo frame in our lounge room. So yeah, it's Brilliant. don't get rid of everything. Make the space so you can display what you love. And, you know, your catchphrase is also, you know, collect memories. And there are there, there are some really special memories attached to some of the things that we own. We just don't want to attach too many memories to all the things that we own. Um, but we don't need to keep, we don't need to keep 100% of the items to still have the memory. Absolutely. So curate it. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. So I've got one, one more quick question for you. And then I'd love for you to share how people can get in touch with you um, or where they can follow you. Or if you've got any upcoming, you know, programs or podcasts or anything. Um, but you mentioned learning how, you know, firstly curating your calendar and saying no to the commitments you don't have to. That's a huge problem that I have like the word no doesn't come out of my mouth naturally um I'm a yes lady and I say to yes to yes to as many things as possible and I think that that's a psychological problem that I have because I base my self-worth and value on what I do not who I am Mm -hmm. so the more I'm doing the more value I'm giving, the more of service I am, the more I'm present for other people. Like that's how I base my value, which, you know, I'm working on it with my psychologist. But like part of that is that, you know, I don't say no because I want to show up and and that's how I. So techniques for like practicing how to say no, because surely that's something you've got to tackle before people can actually declutter their calendar. And it's starting small with the the simplest thing to say no to and then building the no muscle, just like we build the physical muscles in our our bodies and the declutter muscle as well. And uh, putting the boundaries in place, having some pre-designed ideas of um, the hours you work or when you're doing things. There will always always be outliers and some little tweaks we need to make, but it's um, yeah a, a step-by-step approach. It's baby steps to make change, noticing how you feel when you overcommit yourself and then recalibrating what the new normal going forward would be after that. Um, but it is hard. It's not an easy thing. That's why we keep adding more and more into our lives. But what do we want to spend our time doing? And that's where it's really setting up. What do you want your version of a decluttered life to look like? Like, is that what I see in my calendar? 
and what tweaks can I make um, to, to go forward and maybe make a 1% change to the next day and see mm. how that feels and continue to go forward uh, with that in the future. But it's not easy and that's why we revert back to what we've always done. Mm. I did find um, some helpful phrases for saying no that didn't, didn't sound as, so you're sort of saying no without saying no or saying no, but sort of padding it out a little bit. So I did post that on my Instagram as well. Um, you know, like, you know, thank you for thinking of me, but um, I, I unfortunately can't fit that in this week. So you're not, you know, just, yes, just some, uh, and as a, as an actress, I like just having the lines that I can just dispatch to people um, almost as if it's rehearsed and then it feels a bit more comfortable. So having like a safe word, like a safe phrase that, yeah. know, that feels awkward to say. Um, but Bridget, and if I, you're doing that via email, have some canned responses. Have those emails saved in a folder right. so you can just pull them out. And maybe for the things you're saying um, out of your mouth, have a notes in your phone for just some quick examples of what you could say. It's almost like that rehearsing as an actress, rehearsing different options of what you can say uh, and then, yeah, putting them in action. Yeah, absolutely. Bridget, I could talk to you all day. And I know that when we're at Freedom Fest together, we popped open some bubbles and chatted for a couple of hours. Um, but I'm going to let you get back to your your wonderful life. But tell our listeners, how can they get in touch with you? How can they follow you? Where can they find you? My favorite place is Instagram. So I am be simply free as in be dot simply free on Instagram. And Instagram stories is probably my favorite place to to share what's happening, the real let's be real moments. It's not about having a home that's tidy all the time. It's about having a home that's easily tidied so you can get off and collect more moments. And then besimplyfree.com.au is my website. And if you want to start and try some changes in your home on the Facebook group, Be Simply Free Community, there's six videos in there that I recorded during our lockdown way back in November 2020 that can give you some tips for starting to declutter the kitchen, the linen cupboard, as we mentioned before, sentimental items, some toys, and we talk through the stop focus notice process. So if you want a taste of the type of support I offer, uh, that's all in the free Facebook uh, community uh, on Facebook search, Be Simply Free Community, and you'll be able to see those videos and get started today. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bridget. It was so lovely speaking to you, and thank you for sharing all of your stories and wisdom with us, and have a fabulous weekend. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sunshine Podcast for Women in Business. If you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also share this episode with a biz bestie who needs to hear it. Yeah. <laughs>